Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is iFanboy Special Edition Batman The Long Halloween Part 2. How lucky can one guy be? I kissed her and she kissed me. Like the fella once said, ain't that a kick in the head? The room was completely black. I hugged her and she hugged back Like the sailor said, quote Hello, welcome to my fanboy special edition, Batman The Long Halloween Part 2. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I'm here with Paul Montgomery. Trick or treat, again. And we are representing the Animated Brain Trust, our third leg of the tripod. Dr. Ryan Haupt has family obligations and could not make the show. We are sorry to not have him, as we always enjoy having him on the show. Absolutely. This is part two. We talked about Batman Long Halloween part one just a, about a month ago, which is unusual for these films. Yeah. It's the same deal as before. This is the adaptation of the Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale classic Batman. It's not a miniseries. It's a maxi series. I guess. I don't know. It's hard I, to say. Yeah. Directed by Chris Palmer, written by Tim Sheridan, who writes a lot of these films. And Paul, this is what number film is this? So this is either 42 or 43. Well, they're mean, apparently going to release these two movies as one movie, or, a, or I don't know if maybe a two-pack, or I don't, I don't know how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. But next year, they're going to re-release these, I guess. And they're calling this as a whole film number 42. That's a cheat. It is. We'll see if it actually comes But out. then it, it throws it throws it everything into whack, because, like you said, they've had other two-parters in right. the past. So are they counting those as two, or as one? Like. Death of Superman, Reign of the Supermen. Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns. We need to get to the bottom part. of this. Yeah. So, spoilers, obviously, for the movie and the comic, because we have to compare them. For the first film, I had re- read the commensurate chapters of the comic. It was the first four chapters of the, was it 13 parts, I think the comic was? Okay, I'll look But I did not read it for the second one. Just didn't have the time. So that was And that's where they, I think that's where they made the changes. Yeah, so if you recall from about a month ago, I don't think we loved the first part, right? No, no. You and I loved loved it less than Ryan did. Yeah, that's that's true. He 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 was he was more enthusiastic about. There were things I certainly liked about. Yes, I thought it was well made. I just felt like there were some pacing issues, and my thing was I was stuck on being burnt out on mafia stories and Batman and like the Two Face story. So we didn't. I think we gave it in the two range. I don't. I honestly don't remember what our numbers were. But we, you and I, didn't love. It. I, just, I remember that. I loved this one. So did I. <laughs> this was terrific. 
This almost works as a standalone film. You really only thing you don't know is about the holiday right. killer, which again is such a minor point in the story. In the story, it doesn't mm. really matter. I found myself thinking, well, geez, if you take out the holiday killer, do you really lose anything? But I thought this was terrific on all fronts. Yeah. I thought this was exciting. It was heartfelt. It had great characterization stuff. It had surprises. It had the great performances moments. Performances were better, even though it's yeah. the same people. <laughs> Batman wasn't an asshole bully in this one. Like it was, it was like a whole new movie visually it was I, I mean i think i think visually it's you know it's not like it's a huge step up from the previous one mm-hmm. but i think because i enjoyed all the other things all the other elements of it i just i really appreciated the you know i love the background mm-hmm. uh, in this movie yes. and if you compare it to something like i think we have you know ruby colored glasses for things like uh mask of the phantasm but if you go back and look at that like, I mean, they've, they've re-released that in HD and, and stuff mm-hmm. in recent years, which I believe we reviewed. Yes, we did. Yeah. That looks so much better in my memory than it does when you actually, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. you know, cri- like, like, you know, and this I think is it's just really polished. It's, I think it's one of the best looking, best sounding productions that they've done. Well, that's the thing, right? Is that the, they can't, we talked about this last time, they can't recreate Tim Sale, the artist who is idiosyncratic, right. but what they can do is they can make it really moody and they can sort of make a tribute to that part of his art. So the backgrounds are, look they look painted. Obviously, they're not hand-painted, but they look it. And it just has a real distinctive look. As I, I loved the way the film looked. I loved the way Batman looks. He has a very sort of Darwin Cook in the New Frontier look to him. The character designs are all really great in this. Mm-hmm. It was very classic Batman. It's funny because you mentioned at the top of the show that one of the reasons why you didn't like the first part was that you're sort of sick of Batman and the Mafia and Batman and Two Face, but I mean, I thought Two Face in this was terrific. I thought Josh, oh my Demel, God. Josh Demel was great in this as Two Face. Really strong. Like I was not particularly a fan of Josh Duhamel before this, but watching this, I think he does a really great, nuanced performance as both Harvey and Two Face. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I watched this the same day that I read the first Batman '89 comic. Right. Which is also a great take on Two Face. Mm-hmm. You're having a Two Face essence, and I was like, "Okay, um, I'm eating <laughs> like all Two-Face my words again? from before. I'm, there actually <laughs> is a way to tell the story in a new, interesting way." Well, I like that we got sort of the classic Two Face origin, even if they tweaked it slightly. But you know, it's been a while since he's gotten acid thrown on his face in a courtroom. Mm-hmm. To differ from you, I love this era of Batman, this early period of his career where he's fighting the mafia as much as he's fighting, you know, the Joker. We don't really get these days, you know, it's mostly all about the giant That's villains. True. And so I like this period. It's like the Batman Begins period, you know, where the old guard is ending, the old guard being the mafia. Families. I do like that stuff in theory. It just, they've gone to that well a lot. I just like the Maronis and, you know, the the other families. <laughs> I can't think. The Falcones. The Falcones. I think this is my new favorite mafia movie. <laughs> wow. All right. Because it's got the Batman in it. You know, it opens up Batman's under the thrall of Poison Ivy for a few months. And he is signing over his businesses to her, just like they were trying to do with the Maronis or the Falcones. The Falcones. comes too many right. mafia families. Catwoman saves the day, and that leads to lots of things happening. There's the mafia families. There's the holiday killer, sort of. There is all the villains coming together. There's two faces that happens once he gets the acid in his face at the trial. That shit changes Gotham. It makes sense when you think about it that two Face would kind of lead the villains because he understands not just the criminal side of the city, but also the law enforcement side and the courts 
and he's probably smarter than the other one. You know, like it just makes sense that Two-Face yeah. would sort it's, of slide it's like, in when, that When role. you think about it, it's kind of just happenstance that, well, not happenstance, there was a lot of good work put into it, that the Joker became Batman's arch nemesis. Right. But there are so many other great arch foe dynamics that the Batman has just based on like on paper, like by concept, you'd think like Scarecrow maybe mm-hmm. would be his ultimate, right. you know, arch nemesis because of the, the fear thing. But then like Two-Face, the duality and just having them be Friends. allies first friends first yep. and then going into this tragedy this real tragedy and of course you get you got Ra's al Ghul and, and you know characters like that but it was cool to see the Joker in this movie but he doesn't even have any lines and that was what I really liked about it you know the first one my one of my criticism was the Joker felt like he came in and took over the film where here he shows up but he's basically not really a factor in it he does a couple of things in the big fight at the end but it's mostly a two-faced story and also it allows room for Scarecrow and allows room for Mad Hatter and Poison Ivy and Catwoman. So you get a lot more, and you know, Calendar Man a little bit, but you get a lot more of the villain and uh, Solomon Grundy. There's a lot more villainy going on here than just Two Face. I mean, just and last time uh, I complained about, the, you know, it's like, is the Solomon Grundy thing going anywhere? Like in, in this adaptation, like, is there any reason for it? It just felt like it didn't belong. And mm-hmm. they made it cohesive and it worked that right. he was in there. And it's, I think it's tying him in with Two Face and the fall of Harvey Dent. And having him usher in this new kind of justice, this new way that he looks at... And he's such an interesting character because by the end, he basically just turns himself in. Yeah. He allows himself to be arrested and taken away. And it's a longer story than that. There are some things I didn't like. I mean, I liked it for the most part. I really liked this a lot. I really enjoyed watching. We were talking about the show about how I usually try to take notes during Mm -hmm. the movie. But at a certain point, I just stopped because I got so involved in the movie. I didn't want it's to a, you know, look down at my phone and type away notes. I was enthralled, so it's terrific. I don't want to take that away. There are a couple of things, like I, you know, my little thing is just the the way the characters portrayed. I thought Thomas Wayne in the flashback was too old. Okay, he yeah. seemed like Bruce's grandfather more than his father. Mm-hmm. Although it did allow for a brief glimpse of black-haired Alfred, which I loved. Yeah, you know, they flash back to see that Thomas Wayne is sort of tied into the mob families, and I don't love that necessarily. You know. The impulse to go back and mess with his family is one I never like. I never, I hate when they change the origin to make it like Thomas Wayne was targeted. It takes right. away to me, to me the idea, yeah, the tragedy of a, being a random street crime is what drives Batman, and not that there was a conspiracy to kill Thomas Wayne. Mm-hmm. Because that way, theoretically, Batman could destroy the conspiracy and be fulfilled. He could never stop random street crime. That's the tragedy of Batman. That's a good point. Yeah. And then, of course, you know what I've said the whole time is I think that the irony of this is that the Holiday Killer is almost irrelevant to the story. And then the ending is totally different than the book. And I thought the book's ending was stronger, leaving it as a mystery that Batman never solved, as opposed to making him sort of complicit in letting her escape. Yeah. And getting rid of the two killers, just having the one killer. And so it doesn't make sense when, when you, we've seen Holiday before. Is right. A giant man, suddenly it's just Gilda. So I didn't love that part. I didn't hate it. I don't think it's an improvement no, it's on not. the original. I, I yeah. definitely like the idea of having this early mystery in Batman's career that he never solved. Right. It's much more interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and it's much more, I think, interesting to have him outsmarted by the Harvey's wife. So they changed also the entire motivation for the killings. Mm-hmm. In the first movie, Harvey's never home. He's never sees his wife. They're trying to have kids, but he's never around. In the book... She basically starts killing the mobsters in the hopes that it'll 
lighten his daily load of casework. He'll be able to spend more time with her. It's a very, you know, like mentally ill thing. And here it's a revenge because she was in love with, uh, which was, what was the son's the name? son? Michael Corleone. He was in love with the yeah. son. And they were pregnant. The family made them break up. And the implications made her have an abortion, even though they don't say it out loud, really. Alberto Falcone. This is a revenge killing. So, yeah. I don't, I, like, I, afterwards, I'm, I'm just, you know, thinking about it. I'm like, okay, I know this is different from the original. Does it still make sense? And I don't necessarily know that they laid enough pipe to explain why she would kill Alberto. Right. Like, I guess that would the make other sense. killings. Right. I mean, this makes it much more personal. Sure. Their whole relationship. But some of the extraneous killings then don't make as much sense. Yeah. If there's one negative to this entire affair, I think, again, it is the holiday killings. I think they, they messed around too much with them. And they removed them from the story enough where you almost forget that they're around. And then when they happen, there's no impact. And then when they reveal the killer and the motive, you're just like, okay. Is the Catwoman thing part of the book? That her being an illegitimate daughter? Oh, the daughter? I th- yeah. I've definitely seen that before. I mean, I've definitely that is definitely one of, yeah. It's uh, in the book? I think so. Or maybe like a later. I don't know if it's in. I don't know if it's in this one. I can't tell. Just slipping around, but it's definitely something they've explored before in the in the larger mythology. She's had like fifteen different origins. Yeah, I guess it doesn't necessarily. Well, it could square with year one. I guess. Yeah. I don't know, but I like. But then I, I feel like if I were doing the adaptation, I don't know that I would include that because it comes so late in the game. Right. Why are you obsessed with this family? Yeah. yeah. I liked um, Falcone's legitimate daughter. Right. Yeah, she was cool. Listen, she wielded two machine guns. Yeah, it's a great design. Mm-hmm. It's a great idea that she wants to be involved. and She can't because she's a woman. Can't because she's a... Right. And he says, go, you know, buy yourself something. And yeah. She was a good addition to this story. Like, everyone had an interesting little story or an arc or whatever. You know, everyone had a little interesting bit to play. And I felt like this answered the promise of Titus Welliver playing that character. Yes. Because I felt like he was underutilized in the first one. And in this one, I think he had, you know, more going on. Yeah, they all did. it. It just felt more meaty, the whole film. And I think that's partially just the downside of splitting these movies up into two is the first part doesn't feel fulfilling because there's no third act right whereas you're getting almost a whole story here and that's that's not just a problem for this film I mean, it was, it's a problem for other things too like even like harry potter the seventh harry potter like the first one's just like whatever but you know because you don't oh get, yeah you don't get any kind of <laughs> three-act structure so there's a part of you that's like what happened because those books and those movies are so built around like a school year yeah it's like such a neat way to structure a movie and right. yeah so having it sort of and the thing is if they're if they're going to fuse these two together and i don't know if it's going to be like you select part one and you select part two if there's like an intermission in it or if it goes from you know the end of the first part right, right into the second part except through the credits. With our pacing issues with the first i would <laughs> yeah. feel like that would be, it would be glacially paced and i don't know if i would want to watch that <laughs> honestly to anybody who's who's listening who hasn't watched them and would want to, just start with part two. Like you don't I said really at the beginning, need it. I think Honestly, you, you don't. don't need the first part. Again, like if you've never read this book before, you maybe can not know about the holiday killings, but it's really 
it's sort of tangential to the this, story. This and early on watching this movie, before I bought into it and realized that I really enjoyed it, mm-hmm. they do the origin story again, and I'm like, God, the pearls in the alley again, and like, th- there's a reason for it, right? But I'm like, why does it have to be in every adaptation of every Batman story ever? <laughs> so even if like. Is this your first Batman story? Are you unfamiliar with Batman as a concept? You could still watch this part and get his origin story. Yeah, I mean, I just mean like you know the the whole. I guess you don't really need the origin of Holiday. I don't know. It's it's a much better film, and I just, it's just sort of flabbergasted how much better it is than the first one. It's not like it's slightly better. So it's like a whole league better than the first part. And it's not like different teams, right? No. It's like the same. It's the same director and the same, and so it's basically just one big movie. Yeah. It's just the second half happens to be so much better. <laughs> Taken as a whole, again, I do think there are overall problems. Like, I think if you're doing yeah. a long Halloween and you basically neglect the holiday murders, then it's just like, what's the point of doing a long Halloween? Do another Batman story. But everything else happening around it is so good and interesting that it, you know, it makes up for the fact that the central conceit of the story is sort of shoved to the side. But I get it. Like, are you going to focus on this shadowy murderer or are you going to focus on Two-Face and the Joker? I understand why they did it. The stuff at the boardwalk is it the the Fourth of July? I guess yes. When fireworks, when they see Falcone, and he goes up and he he says hello to Harvey's wife, Mm -hmm. and you don't know the relationship at that point. You know that she has a history with them. You just think that he's threatening. But then if you go back and watch it again, you're like, oh yeah, right. They know each other very well, all too well. Right. So that's why he made that point of just saying hello to her. And like, you know, Harvey goes off and like at that point, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. Like, this is very tense. And like (laughs) when like Harvey goes over the the boardwalk to go after the hitman, you're like, oh, no, she's she's alone. Some some other guy's going to go after her or something. And it's taut, you know, and it's uh, it's it's pretty good stuff. The first one felt long. This one didn't feel long. No, I was engaged with it after I got to a certain point. I'm like, oh, this is actually really compelling. And I think this kind of rocketed to the top of my list. I just love this Batman. He's still starting out. He's not fully formed. I just love this era of Batman. It's like early the animated series. Even this Bruce Wayne is more interesting yeah. than he was in the previous one. Because you get to see him playing it up, like playing the role of Bruce Wayne, you know, the playboy. And, yep. and having a conversation with Harvey and Gordon at his house... And they've had so many other conversations <laughs> with him, but they don't know that he's Batman. And them having such a, a different reaction to him. That's, I laughed that's out loud when he offered them a drink, and Gordon's like, it's 8 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and he just sort of shrugs and pours his own drink, which we know is not really alcohol anyway. I really liked it. I really, really did. I was surprised. I was sort of not looking forward to it because of how much yeah. we didn't like the first one. Yeah, I was like, let's get this over with. I think like 10 minutes in, I was like, do I love this? <laughs> I think I love this. So, and I, I love, you know, there's a little bit of prompts. I'm not going to give it a five star, but it's, it was very, 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 very good. Oh, man. Alfred with the trick-or-treaters and Bruce being like, Alfred, really? <laughs> like, nobody's coming up to, to Wayne Mansion to trick-or-treat until they do. So let's talk about the post-credit sequence. Was there a post-credit sequence? Yes, there was a post-credit sequence. You may have missed it. Did I see it? No. So we were discussed in the last show whether or not this is part of the shared universe. Oh, okay. And it is. So this, I guess this is the version of Batman for this universe. And it's a great one, so I'm happy with cool. it. Cool. He sucked in the first part, but he was great in this part. There's another ring at the door, and Alfred goes to the door, and it's the Flash and Green Arrow. Okay, definitely didn't see that. 
And Alfred goes, it's for you, sir. And I was like, wait a minute, do they know who Batman is? Huh. That was weird. But yeah, so this is sort of establishing the fact that it's, it's the Flash from the Superman movie with the, you know, the weird, uh, the chin thing, the, the suit, the, the suit. Yeah. Thing. And then a Green Arrow that we haven't seen yet, but looks like Green Arrow. So I guess we're building back up to whatever. A Longbow Hunters movie would be cool. I mean, yeah, that could be neat. Take out some of the more adult stuff in that, but for sure. So this week made me really sad that you didn't have the disc. Uh oh. So, you know, I get the disc and I look at it's the special features and the showcase short is Blue Beetle. Okay. And I'm like, okay, it's probably Jaime Reyes. And I put it in and it starts and it's not Jaime Reyes. It's Ted Cord done in a total 60s Hanna Barbera style. Oh. With bad acting and bad sound effects and animation mistakes. I'm getting the And he teams up with the question to fight a cult. And then at some point, there's some more characters show up and it becomes sort of like a winky winky Watchmen thing because you know, you have Rorschach and you have. Right, right. Night Owl. And I was not expecting it. Like there's a whole theme song that goes on for a long time. I was like, wow. Somebody just said, fuck it, we're just doing Hanna-Barbera style huh. Blue Beetle. and I w- Nothing at all against the new Blue Beetle, but that, no. that sounds cool. That just the style of it. It could have been, been any character for all I care. I was not expecting them to do such a goofy, fun take on it, and I really, really enjoyed it. I was like, damn, Paul would really like this. Any running along walls where they just repeat the texture over and over again? Possibly, but there's definitely a part where the color's inverted for a second. Oh, I got to see this. Well, that, that's cool. There's, there's more... The gift that keeps on giving. And then I did watch a few minutes of the featurette for the next film. Just again, I didn't want to spoil it too much, but it's, as we talked about before, it's Injustice, the um, Tom Taylor adaptation of the video game. So now Josh and I just reviewed the first volume of Injustice for Booksplode. And it's a fun story. It's just that it's like offensively bad character designs and they're fully (laughs) using them in the movie. It's going to be really interesting. I don't, you know... The first volume we we did was four hundred something pages. I don't know how much they're going to do in a, in a seventy to eighty movie. Yeah, I, I um I enjoyed what I read of that. I haven't read the whole thing, but some of it was up on on Comicsology Unlimited for a bit. I think, right. and I, I think that's when I read it. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. I wish it looked better, but yeah, it's that's yeah. This is a fun alternative, you know, thing, and there's uh, really interesting ideas in it, like stuff that like you can't get away with in the. You yeah, know, no, I, I, I definitely like the story. Interesting voice cast. Justin Hartley, who played Green Arrow on Smallville and is on This Is Us as Superman. Anson Mount is Batman. Okay. And Kevin Pollock is both the Joker and Jonathan Kent, which I thought huh. was interesting. Whenever anybody says Anson, I know who Anson Mount is, but I always think of <laughs> Anson Williams, the guy, the guy from Happy Days? No, no not Potsy. Not, not Potsy. <laughs> Although that'd be really interesting, but it's not Potsy. I always forget for a second, and I'm like, that's cool that he went on to... I, he directs TV, I think, or he did. I don't know. But this, this is like a full cast. You know, it's like Superman, Batman, Robin, Nightwing, Green Lantern, Mr. Terrific, Aquaman, Harley Quinn, Mirror Master, so the Flash. Is that, like it's, it's everyone. You see them, at least, on screen. Green Arrow. So... That could be fun. It'll be interesting to see how they make one complete 80-minute story out of 425 pages. I mean, that's just the first part. There's like three years of it. Yes, very curious how that's going to be adapted. Yeah, this was terrific. The short was terrific. I enjoyed watching the featurette. I was all, I was very happy after I finished my day of watching. I was like, this is great. I enjoyed all this of it. This was a real 
Dark Horse. This we, I mean, I think, yeah, we both went into it like, oh, okay. And at least I'll get to talk to the guys about it. And I was like, this is going to be a three-minute podcast. Like, we're right. not, we're going to be like, it's still tedious. No and problem. Like, no, this is complete turnaround. Yeah. So now it's interesting because we don't really know beyond Injustice. I would assume just based on previous release dates that Justice will come out sometime in October. Okay. We don't really know what's happening beyond well, Paul, there'll be that release where they put all the shorts in one disc with a new long short, so we, you can watch Blue Beetle then. Okay. I might get the disc for this. I, I don't know. I liked it. It was really good. I'll at least buy it digitally, you know, at some point. <laughs> so we don't know what 2022 will bring us. As far as I know, this is still going to keep going. We just don't know yet, but we'll be there when it, when it happens. So let's do ratings on this. Ratings on Batman The Long Halloween okay. Part 2 out of 5. Purely part two. Purely part two. I think I'm going to go 4.5. That's what I was thinking. Higher than I was going to go, but I I, I thought I was going to go 4.25, but I think I bumped it up a little bit. I think it's fair. My problems are minor. It's not like you only have so many fives you can give out. Right. Or 4.5s. I'm only allowed three fives. Yeah. Maybe if. The first part didn't exist. I would give it a five, but it's. it's I almost it's want to give it a six when, and add a star for the Blue Beetle short, but I can't do that. Okay, a four or five. I I think it's a really solid production. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Honestly, maybe of part fun. of the tilt on this is just that we were so surprised by it. I just think it's a better movie. I think it's better paced. I think it's better yeah. constructed. I think I think the script is tighter. I just think it's a better movie. And I think part mm-hmm. of it is that, again, you only, you only get the first act and a half in, a, in a part one. But, yeah, I think it is. And I like coming in on it, you know, in medias res with, mm-hmm. like, in Bruce Wayne's fantasy dream world of being under the thrall of Poison Ivy. Right. And it's just been going on. And Catwoman comes in and, and uh, breaks that spell. And it's that's a cool way to start the movie. Yes, this is all very good. So if you... <laughs> If you, for some reason, are listening to this but didn't watch it because you didn't like part one, I would definitely go check it out. If you haven't seen any of these, you can probably skip part one and just jump into part two. Oh, just got a text from Ryan. Hated it, he says. (laughs) Dog food, garbage. So we'll be back later this year for Injustice on fanboy.com. Paul and I and a bunch of other people just reviewed The Suicide Squad. Previous to that, we reviewed Black Widow. You can find those special edition shows at ifmboy.com as well as our weekly pick of the week show. We talk about weekly comics and our Talksplode and Booksplode. The Booksplode's where we reviewed Injustice. There's all kinds of podcasts. There's a lot of them. We're at our breaking point, but we're doing them. <laughs> it's a lot of fanboy. And thanks, Paul, as always, for being part of the Brain Trust. Thank you. And this one's dedicated to our buddy, Dr. Haupt. Oh, we forgot to mention. I don't know if we have mentioned it before. I know we talked about it internally. I can't remember if we talked about it last time. But we are going to, as the Brain Trust, review... The first season of Marvel's What If, the uh, animated series on Disney+. Plus. I know that recently we announced on our Patreon that if we have the next stretch goal, we'll unlock doing TV show special editions, which we haven't been doing. But we are, much like Invincible, going to review as the brain trust the first season of What If. So you can look forward to that whenever that ends this year, probably in yep. about a month or so, two months. I think, it's like, I think it's eight or nine episodes, something like that. Sounds right. So we'll be back for that. We'll be back for Injustice. And until then, I'm Connor. I'm Paul. My head keeps spinning. I go to sleep and keep grinning. If this is just the beginning, my life is gonna be beauty.
full of sunshine enough to spread It's just like the fella said Tell me quick, ain't love a kick in the head 